something you're hungering, you're longing. I believe the Spirit of God is here to fill and to meet. And, you know, the, the, the quotation that, that we can never wrap our heads around. But we give him reason and purpose of being. He's waiting for you to call on him this morning. Maybe you have a need this morning. You just want to say, Lord, you know my heart. You know the need. You lift your hand as we pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we believe that you're here this morning, not just because we feel it, but Lord, in a realm that goes beyond the flesh, the spirit man can sense things. There's a subconscious level, but there's a soul also that declares, we know in whom we have believed it, Lord. Father, we're here this morning. According to your word, you said where two or three would gather. I am there in their midst. You're the rock of ages, Lord. You're the infinite one. 
You're the one that's always been, always will be, and you're here today. Lord, we want to recognize your presence. We want to draw from that realm. Lord, take away all the parts of the flesh, the slothfulness, Lord. May your spirit just move in our midst this morning. Father, we're here to commit ourselves to you. May your anointing rest on the speaker. May it rest on us as a congregation. Go beyond the circumstances of life. Go beyond all these things, Lord. You are the answer to everything we have need of. Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by your spirit you will take the victory. Lord, I pray you'd impart to us that spirit of God that we have need of today, O Lord. I pray you'd move on every need, every life, Lord. Father, bring us closer. The world is inching closer to a tribulation, but we're inching closer to a rapture, Lord. Father, I pray you'd impart to us that which we have need of this morning. We commit ourselves to you now. We commit this service to you, everyone that's here, everyone that's represented here by our families, and Lord, those that aren't with us but are streaming in, Lord, may your spirit just take the preeminence. Lord, as we open the word, now anoint it, we ask. We give the service to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's all the singing. If you can turn to me, turn with me to the book of Genesis. We're going to start in Genesis. We're going to end in Revelations. But I promise we're not going to read every scripture in between. How does that sound? Genesis, we're going to take three places from Genesis this morning. This will be a follow-up to the last couple of Sundays where we've been dealing with the subject of what the Spirit saith. But I would like to go in that, but I'll, I'll entitle this today, The Effectual Movement of the Spirit Then and Now. And I want you just to stay with me. I'm going to take this a little differently today. But Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We don't know how long that was, but it was maybe millions of years. He says, And now the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And this is what we took last week. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That was God's first moving. He was interactive, and it was the Spirit of God on a cold, dark earth. And as Brother Branham would talk, it was the brooding of the Spirit. That same brooding that came over us when we were in darkness, that's the same Holy Spirit. But it was with a purpose, and he says in verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. So the, the moving of the Spirit had a purpose, and it was to bring separation between light and darkness. Over, if you will, Genesis chapter 3, this is after the fall and the effect of the fall, but we don't just stop at the effect of the fall because Adam, who knew no fear, suddenly felt fear. Adam, who, who was open before God, hid himself for God. Now the same spirit, the same spirit today, you can have fear as 120 did at Upper Room. But once that spirit came down, it joined them back into fellowship again. 
Now let's just look at this. Genesis 3, verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, if you just take this for a moment, God will not accept our man-made religion. He will not accept our righteousness. The altar that God had was to have no man-made tool upon it. The, the, the temple that was built, there could not be the sound of a tool when it was assembled, but it was anointed, it was inspired. That God is still at work today. It's not what we can do, what we can think, but it's what he can do. Now, now he says this in verse 8. After they recognized they were naked, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. It wasn't still. It was walking. It was moving in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. One more scripture, Genesis 6. Genesis 6. This is the first time of judgment, and God used water to judge the earth, and it represents actually a work of sanctification, and uh, we'll, we'll touch base on these, but Genesis 6, verse 1, and it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose." The days of Noah are here again. The days of Noah are here again. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120. We're coming to a place where the Spirit of God is lifting, lifting off the earth. But it's still here, and it's in a people. And I'll come to this. Drop down to verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Did you know that Holy Spirit exists within the believer today? When you see the things you see and the trans movement and, and all of the homosexual movement and the grieving that we feel, did you know that's the same spirit that was back there? It's in us today. And, and that's, that's what's sighing and crying within us. Verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God bless you. you may have your seats. As we've been speaking the last few days on, or the last few weekends, Sundays, what the Spirit saith, I'm going to read this from the Church Age book. Brother Branham would say, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches of each age. In every age it was the same cry, hear what the Spirit says. If you are a Christian, you will get back to what the Spirit is teaching, that is the word of this age. Now, there's a lot of manifestations of Spirit that are in the world today. There's a lot that go within the church world today. 
and, and, and the spirits that are there, but there is one Holy Spirit. There is one truth. There is one God. There is one place that you can know, and there's many spirits that are gone into the world, but there is one Holy Spirit, and that's what we want to focus on. So he says, hear what the Spirit says. If you are a Christian, you'll get back to what the Spirit is teaching. That is the word of this age. Every messenger to every age will preach the word. Every fresh and true revival will be because men have gotten back to the word of God. Or the word for their age. The cry of every age is the rebuke. You have left the word of God. Repent and come back to the word. There's only one reason for God's displeasure. That's leaving the word. And there's only one way to regain his favor. Come back to the word. And you know what? God is so great. His, he will not deviate from his word. But his spirit will go out into realms to bring us back into the word of God. It, it, it's something keeps holding me. It's something when, when we go this way and when we think we've gone too far, something draws us back. Oh, I'm glad that's still on the earth today. I believe the earth is moving to an hour of judgment when there is no more grace for them. But I believe it's still here today. And I'll say as long as there's a bride on the face of the earth, that is God's mercy to the earth that's here. Brother Adam would say it could be your prayers that is holding back the wrath of God from falling on the earth. Now, he will go on and say, if you are true seed and you're truly baptized with the Holy Ghost, You'll esteem his word above your necessary meat and yearn to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, I, I'm going to... Brother Mark, just, just go to John chapter 3, if you will. John chapter 3. I'm going to take this, and Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus here. And Nicodemus came to him by night didn't, didn't knew there was something different about him, that this is a rabbi, this is somebody on a different level, but nobody could do the things he did unless the Spirit of God was with him. And Jesus tells him, except you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is struggling with this thought. In verse 5, Jesus answers, and he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water... Now just, just hear this, born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So the steps that are there are much for, for the, let's just in future home, Brother Bram would say, there's three steps for the redemption of the earth. One is water, the baptism of the earth at the time of the flood. The second is blood, and, 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 and then he would say, then there's fire. Now the Spirit of God moves in all of these, he said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not when I say unto you, you must be born again. I, I don't know if we can stress that enough. It's not good enough to adopt the teaching of the message in your home. Our striving ought to be above all. Let there be a birth within 
And, and not just within the parents, but within every child, within everyone. Let there be something that you know is greater than you. It's not you controlling it. It controls you. It leads you. It guides you. It is not enough just to adopt something. But it has to be there. And Jesus goes on to tell him, tell him now here's the effect of being born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth. You can hear the sound, but you can't tell where it came from and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I'll study sometimes, and I don't know why I get onto a thought or get into something, but it's, it's God. You, you learn enough to recognize this is God moving. Many times we formulate solutions, we formulate opinions about how God should do something, and I'll say sometimes it's to our detriment, and we get disappointed because it isn't the way we thought. When Jesus came to the earth, there was a group of people, the Israelites as a whole, they wanted to be free from the bondage of Rome. And they wanted to be free from that bondage, and they thought, we're going to get a Messiah, and when this Messiah comes, he's going to be a mighty general. He's going to tell us how to break the chains of Rome. He's going to tell us all of these things. And what did they get? They got a meek, lowly, humble man. It was so different than their minds. Friends, if we're not careful, we try to make the God, the God of our own thinking, of our own mind. You've got to accept him in the way he comes. And it was others that would come and they, would, they thought Jesus would do certain things. But I'll say this, we just need to yield to him and say like Mary, be it unto me according to your word. So here Jesus is saying, the wind blows, you don't know which way it goes. Now just, I'm saying there's a subconscious realm and we're needing to lean on that more than we've ever leaned. In fact, you, you've got to sometimes cast aside your thinking on something. And I'll say this. God is pushing us, not in our intellect, but he's pushing us in the realm of his habitation within us. This is where I'm going. Just, just I need you to help me this morning. Are you here this morning? Listen, the convention's just... It's another week and a half away. But we don't have to wait till it comes. I think we can enter in now. In fact, you need to get in the Spirit now. Now, Brother Adam would go talk about the teaching of the Spirit. And he would say this, uh, also in the Church Age book. He says, the, 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 the Bible, the book of Revelations, is the work of Jesus in his church, himself, in his church, and his work in the future ages. It's going to take the Holy Spirit to give us a revelation or we will fail to get it. Now, taking these two thoughts, it's not going to take ordinary study and thinking to make this book real. It's going to take an operation of the Holy Ghost. This book can't be revealed to anyone but a special class of people. In other words, there has to be a receiving set inside. There has to be something. It will take one with prophetic insight. So now, don't put it all on the prophet. Well, we have a prophet. He's there. No, you actually have to have a receiving set to hear what the prophet is saying. And it's not just natural hearing. It has to resonate. It has to become a part of your fabric. 
Friends, if we believe the message of the hour, what the Spirit says, what the prophet says, what the bride says, will be the same thing. It will not be just in one. It will be in each one of them. He said it will require supernatural instruction. It will require the ability to hear from God. Not just a student comparing verse with verse, although that's good. The mystery requires the teaching of the Spirit or it never becomes clear. Now, God is, I believe, teaching us not just through church and the Bible and, and a study, as a, but I believe he's teaching us in real life experiences. He's teaching us by the things we're going through, by the things that are moving in our lives. And so I'm talking about the effectual, not, not just the movement of the Spirit, but the effectual movement. It wants to take an effect, so what has been, is now, will be. And we need to see ourselves in a place. I, I, I really have much, much more. This is just the tip of something, and I'm not going to get to it, but it'll be over time. Too often, we make the message or we make religion as the absolute and what it is when it really isn't to everyone. There are people which are called the foolish virgin. Now, they're a high class of people, but this message isn't for them. It's meant for a certain people. And so it's not that we would look down on them, but that we also would respect the part that they play in the economy of God. And we have to recognize you can't force. The message can be rules and regulations. It can be a militant thing if you force it on somebody who is not born of the Spirit or someone who doesn't have this place. This message is the clothing of a bride. This message is a people that is here in an hour of judgment. This message is not for everyone. And I'll say this, the things that we do, which are more than a, you know, the, the answer is, well, other churches don't do that. That's true. But I'll tell you this, I'm not other churches. I've been called to something. I've been not just called, you know, you take the things that the Bible says, this, this really is something in a future service, but he hath made us I could take a number of places that in the scripture. But he hath made us kings and priests. He hath made us pure before God. Without a tribulation. Because a word has come down. And you've received it. And it cleanses you. And it's a bleach. And it's a Clorox. And it does something. And you have confidence to go before God. He hath made us. It's not what I chose. It was what God chose. I think Brother Moses was just preaching on Wednesday. God bless you, Brother Moses. God bless you, Brother Max. God bless the, you know, the God who's working in our midst. I trust you're, you're, you're feeding on the services and the different badger skins that God is using. Now, where was I before I interrupted myself? We need to hear from God, lay ourselves open, become yielded to the Spirit to hear and know. John chapter 5. Now, I'm going to 
revert in a few moments to a PowerPoint, and I'm going to use that probably for a good part of the service. As I said, it'll be a little different. I just need to get a little bit of preaching off. Goes to the PowerPoint. I might preach some more, but is that all good? You might be tired in your flesh, but your soul, whether you know it or not, is hungering and craving for God. So, so open the channel, whatever your flesh realm is. Maybe I didn't have enough coffee this morning. I, that, that's, that's a severe trial, I know, for those of you who, who need that and thrive on that. Oh, man, I, I, got, I can't say what I was going to say, but... And, oh, I better stop. How do those thoughts get in your head, Brother Ray, in the morning? <laughs> How does that happen? John chapter 5. Now, I, I want you to look at this in, in the thought that we presented in, in Genesis 1. The Spirit of God moved on the waters. Now, John 3 talks about the wind, but I'm, I'm going to look at the effect on the waters. That's where we'll spend a good part of the service. So it moved in Genesis 1. It was waters. Let's just take John chapter 5, and I'll go to Revelations in a moment. John chapter 5, after this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in this lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, they were looking to the water to move, but there was a promise that if that water's moving, there's an angel here. And if you can tap into that, you're going to be able to benefit from it. Because the first one that would get in, now, and now you're looking at the effect of it. And now he says this, and, and for an angel went down at the certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Friends, God still troubles the water. He'll trouble the waters of our lives. He'll trouble the waters of our loved ones. But that's a, so that we would recognize that the Spirit of God is moving. And he says, Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now it, it comes down. Now this is what had been for a long time. But remember, God is moving. Okay? So now... And, and we took this last week, uh, and I didn't really get into it fully. We started a couple of weeks ago with Matthew chapter 16, and, and it was beyond, the, it was the spirit of Peter that said, uh, nobody will crucify you, Lord. And Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. But it was the spirit in Peter that said, thou art the Christ. So we recognize there's a spirit within us, but because we're in humanity, we can be given this way, we can be given that way. But God is moving us into something else. Now, in, in, from Matthew 16, it went into Matthew 17, and it goes up where, where Matthew, James, and John, they went up with Jesus to the mount. And, and, and again, carnally speaking, they see Moses, they see Elijah, they see Jesus. The Spirit comes down. This is my son. Hear ye him. So there's a change in dispensation. There is something that is happening beyond the effect that they'd seen before. Now it was moving into one vessel. Are, are you with me? Just this, the word of God is always moving. So now here is Jesus, and in, in verse 5, 
And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 30 and, five, 30 and 8 years. And when Jesus saw him lie, now he didn't pick an easy case. Because it says, he knew that he'd been that way a long time in that case. He said to him, will you be made whole? Now he's, it's just like John chapter 4, the woman at the well. He's contacting, he's contacting another dimension. Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent said, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And then Jesus speaks. Okay, he's in a channel. Now he, I want you to move further. Friends, the whole scripture is like this. The message is like this. The message is not stagnant and we're waiting for God. We've got to step in with it as it moves. We can't stay back here. We've got to move with it. Are, are, are you hearing me? So he says, now Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole. He took up his bed and walked. And it's a strange thing that this happened on the same day that was the Sabbath. <laughs> now, now, now Jesus, you know, I mean, he's, he's actually wanting to identify these things are not done in secret. But he's wanting to identify something. And so at that point he comes in and, and uh, the Jews you know, began to criticize the man. It's not lawful to carry your bed. You talk about religious spirits. This guy's been, he, he can't, couldn't walk for 38 years. And he picks up his bed on the Sabbath day. And he said, you can't do that. that that's religious spirits. That's what that is. There's no sense of well-being. Friends, the only love that is going to be in the last day is in the bride. That doesn't mean that there's religious spirits that try to get on us and say, oh, except you see it this way. And, 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 and let's just be open. Let's be real. Let's let God move in our midst. Let's have a heart to people. Let's be, friends, the world is dying for the manifestation of the sons of God. The world is, is groaning. But we also have to rise into position. Now, drop down to verse 16. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he'd done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I must work. Oh, if that isn't the bride. What is God doing today? What is the message today? God sent a prophet. That is true. But that isn't all there is. The bride has to come into position. There has to be a movement. There has to be a stepping forward in faith. There has to be something that says, I am he. I am the manifestation of the message. I am not just hiding behind the prophet. That will never be taken away. But there's something that says, I am that message. Now, just, just drop down to verse 19. Then answered Jesus and said, well, let, let me just slow, slow down, slow down, Ed. Let's do verse 18. Wherefore the Jews sought more to kill him because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father doeth. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. 
Now, I'm just going to stop there on, on this part. Go with me to Revelations chapter 4, and then I'm going to set the stage for where we move in a few moments here. Revelations 4. Now, I'll just drop this in without reading the Scripture. But Moses, in the Old Testament, was told to make a tabernacle in the wilderness. And he says, and it was to be done after the likeness of what he saw in heaven. Now, we've read these scriptures about the moving of the water in Genesis 1. We've read the moving of the water in in John chapter 5. But to come, I want you to look at where it's going to. Revelations 4. Now, this is after seven church ages, after the Spirit has spoken to the messengers. Now, the last messenger, he was, I don't, won't get into all this, but the Bible, the prophet would say, the seventh messenger is on earth at the time of the coming of the manifestation of Revelations 10. So it's now not just seeing the messenger, but the Son of Man being revealed. Now let's just go this, and here's John, and John is a type of the bride. Let's just look at this. After this, this is Revelations 4, verse 1, After this I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard, as it were, of a trumpet, that's back in Revelations 1, that first voice that was identifying all that he said to this point is talking with me, and it says, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, this is not just knowledge, because the next verse says, And immediately I was in the Spirit. Now, I, I, I need to identify, and I, I'm going to come back to this in a future service, because if we could recognize, friends, as Brother Tim Dodd, when he was here ministering, and he spoke on Gideon, and Gideon, who was unsure, uncertain, had complexes, had things, and, 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 and put a fleece before the Lord not once but twice, then went down to the camp of the Midianites, and he went down to the camp of the Midianites, and he heard a dream, and, and God says, go listen to what they're saying. And then he said, this stone came out of the mountain, it came into our camp, and it exploded our camp, and the fellow says to the other fellow, this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon. Now, if you look at Gideon, go back in the same, it's, I think it's in Judges chapter 7. I was going to say it's in the book of Gideon, but it's not. It's in, the, in Judges chapter 7. And in Judges chapter 7, if you're looking for that book, sorry if I've led you astray. Judges chapter 7, Gideon, every time he refers to it after, he doesn't just say the sword of Gideon, but he says, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. In other words, he joins the two together. And Brother Branham, he was up in a mount, and then he's there, and then this sword comes in his hand. And he said, what is it? It's the king's sword. Friends, that's the sword that's been given to us in this last day. The Holy Ghost, which was bound 2,000 years, is to be loosed because the full word is to be brought into manifestation. If we could recognize what has been given to us, Now, 
Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look on like jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So everything that was is now pulled together into this. And before the throne, now there's not water anymore, but there's a sea, and the sea isn't moving. It's a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne, let's just stop there for a minute. It's moved from a movement form to a solid form. It's no longer just a a moving every which way. But now it's speaking of a finality. That everything that was before was to bring them to this place. And he says, the sea of glass was like uh, like unto crystal in the midst of the throne, round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Now, These beasts, the first beast was like a lion, the second like a calf, the third like a man, the fourth beast is like a flying eagle. Those are spirits. Those are anointings that are in the earth. They're still in the earth. But notice the terminology. Every one of them is given a stagnant form except for the last one. It's not just called an eagle. It's called a flying eagle. In other words, it's moving. It's doing something. Friends, what are we under? We're under an eagle anointing. The messenger said he had three pulls. The first two pulls were under a man anointing, but the third pull was under an eagle anointing. And it's still moving on the earth today. And we need to recognize it when we come to church. We need to recognize it in our lives. We need to recognize it is still moving. Now, my, my, my. I'm going to skip the scriptures that I have, Brother Mark. And I'm going to ask that we go directly to the PowerPoint now, if you don't mind. Maybe just turn the lights off, Brother Dwayne, back here. Okay. This is Revelation chapter 4. 1961 in January, Brother Branham has just finished preaching on the seven church ages to his tabernacle. And at the end of that, a light comes down and it identifies itself. And then he immediately goes into Revelations 4 and Revelations chapter 5. And he begins to speak and lay a groundwork of things to come. Now, there are wonderful services. I think there's a total of five services if you go to them. But I'm going to pick up part mostly from Revelations chapter 4. There's a part 1, 2, and 3. 
Brother Bannon would say this at the beginning. Now, don't forget this, church. Forget this. I, I inserted church, but he says, God has promised great shakings, great and mighty works. Now, write this on your notes that you're writing. See? See? What, that what man calls mighty and great, God calls foolish. What man calls foolish, God calls great. Don't forget that. See? Don't forget that. That'll help you along in the years to come because we're looking for something greater all the time. And we're receiving greater all the time, but the peoples of the world don't know it. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are blind. So I say that because Paul, the first messenger, labored. He labored mightily. He says, that it wouldn't be by my words, but that in simplicity he could make the gospel known. God chose a man in this last age, a simple man, that we would not just see the teaching of man, and I would say that that is a great thing we need as ministers today, not to labor to show what we've learned or what we've done, but to make the gospel real, to allow the Spirit of God to move on people. That ought to be our goal. This is the pool of Bethesda. So I use this just because I use the scripture, but the pool was there. People are waiting all around. Unseen to them, there's going to come a time when an angel comes down and begins to trouble the water. This is another scripture. But he comes down and he touches it, so the effect of the water comes. But it was at that dispensation that Jesus came down, saw this man, and begins to speak to him and begins to tell him. And he says, now he's, he's saying that I'm the one. It's not just the natural water, but I'm the one. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. I have got my words. They are spirit and they are life. And I say, the words that we're hearing, they are spirit and they are life. The words that we put on our mouth, they are spirit. They are life. Now, Revelations chapter 4. These, Brother Man would get into this. He'd say, the Spirit of God moved upon the water, and he said, let there be light. God separated the land and the water, which made the earth. And he says, the whole earth was covered over. The atmosphere was filled with hydrogen and oxygen. I'm, I'm moving quickly. I've got many of these I want to read. But he said, then he lifted it off the earth and separated. There was no sea on the earth then. Then God watered the earth. It didn't even come rains. He watered it through springs and things and irrigation. Now we think that the earth and the oceans that were there, not always that way. It wasn't always that way. Listen, I'm going to keep moving. This is not my subject today. And the earth was without form and void and the darkness on the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved on the face of the water. So the Spirit of God, represented like a dove, began to move. And I'd say, waters in the Bible, if you always look at it, represented people. And God would come to the waters. He would come to the people. An angel came in the last day, and he put one foot on the land and one foot on the sea. What is he signifying? Dominion. Dominion is coming on the earth. So here he's moving. The Spirit of God is moving. Revelations chapter 4, verse 6. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal in the midst of the throne, round about the throne, four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So these spirits are moving. So I don't know if you can draw a picture of it. But there's a throne. And there's a sea of glass like unto crystal. 
And around the throne, there's four and twenty elders. But this, if we can picture it, is just like glass. It's, it's now, it's in a final place that it was seen from the very beginning. When Moses looked into heaven, he saw this picture. When he came down to earth, he put something in place that began to be like this picture. But we needed to move to that picture. Now in Genesis chapter 1, God separated the light from the darkness. When we fell, we fell into sin, we fell into darkness. God needed to separate the darkness from our lives. So he began to move. The Spirit of God was moving in the garden. It was walking in the garden. So now the Word of God began to move, but this is where it was going to. So around the throne, not only four and twenty elders but a multitude standing on this sea of glass. Friends, I don't know if you can picture yourself there, but I'm one of them. I'm going to be there. I got too much identification, and I'm going to bring some of that to you. There's too much identifying with what God is doing in the earth today that is leading me to that place. I'm going to be there. I'm one of them. Now, Brother Brandon would talk this. I'm going to use... Just this, I'm going to use the lights for a moment because water has different characteristics. Water is fluid. It's, 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 it, it transmits things. You touch it, it does things. But it also reflects. And it reflects something. And it reflects light. So around this throne, there was one to look like jasper and sardine stone. Every word, every, every, all things have a word and meaning in the Bible. Jasper was a stone. Sardine is like a stone. Every person has a birthstone. Brother Branham says, mine, I was born in April. I was a diamond. Wow. What a great stone for anybody who was born in April. Wonderful. And, and different months represent different stones. Every patriarch, when he was born, had a birthstone. Each one of those children, the patriarchs, the 12 elders, they had a birthstone. So now, here in the future, they're on a sea of glass, but there's four and 20 elders, which represent the 12 apostles, which represent the 12 patriarchs. Are, are you with me? Okay, so they all, before they ever got there, they were given a portion that would reflect what God was doing. We can go to the apostles, and every apostle had a different nature, had a different character. Matthew was so different from Zebedee, and John was so different from Andrew, and Peter was different from so-and-so, and, and everyone was different. But it was a part of the great diamond. It was a part of God. And so never despise what God has made you. You reflect something. Reflect it to what all God wants for you. So he says each of those Children, when they are born, had a birthstone. And Aaron, the high priest, he was representing all of those stones with a breastplate. I'll come to it in a minute. Everything that Moses saw, all the furniture, everything in the Old Testament was a pattern of what was seen in heaven, patterned back to the human being. Are, are, you, are you with me here? And Aaron's breastplate, each birthstone of each tribe was represented there. Ephraim, Manasseh, Benjamin, Gad. He says all of those birthstones, and it said... And they hung them there. Now, I'll show you a picture of this right away. And if a prophet prophesied, if it sounded right or not, they asked him to take this to the Urim Thummim and tell his prophecy. And if there was a prophecy and it was correct, there was these lights that would flash, and they would flash through the stones. Oh, God was writing 
your inheritance, your part, and it was going to reflect through you. It wasn't just going to be you trying to fit in. No, God was going to reflect it through you. Can you see this? Oh, Brother Moses, you just hit a vein the other day, and that's why I said, man, I was just so rejoicing on the service on Wednesday because this was right in the channel of where I was going. Now, the first stone, how many knows what the first child was? That was Reuben. The last one was Benjamin. The birthstone of Reuben is Jasper. The birthstone of Benjamin is Sardine. He that to look on was like Reuben and Benjamin. He was the first, the last. He that was, which is, which shall come. He was the Alpha. He was the Omega. The first and the last. He was represented in these stones. Oh, God's word is so rich, so perfect. So here's the high priest. He had to be dressed a certain way. And he had all these different parts. I'm not going to go into it today. But on his breastplate, he had these stones. And these stones were representing. So he was the high priest going into the holy place. Moses was doing all of this by what he saw in heaven. And he was doing it on earth. This was going to be God moving. It wasn't stagnant because these stones... They were nothing without a light behind them. And that light was the Urim and Thummim. So this was these stones that would be there. And these stones had an ability to reflect light. And when they reflected light, that was the Urim and Thummim. And it was behind these other stones in the priest's garment. And that light was reflecting out from them. So that light would... Sorry. And that light would flash, and they would know. The congregation would know. And there was not only the light that was in your stone. It would reflect, and you would identify with it and say, that's a part of me in there. God is making himself known to me. Oh, isn't that wonderful? My, my, my. So he goes there now. Brother Benham talks about this light. So Ezekiel, the first chapter, verses 1 to 5, 26 to 28. I'm not going to go to it. But Ezekiel sees these colors. Now from the loins, upward was a, fire, was a fire, an amber color. And he says it wasn't shot with a movie camera or a color camera. I'm so glad that the picture of the pillar of fire was taken before there was digital altering. That was when it hit the negative. You know, God has a way of doing things. You can't alter that. You can't tamper with that. No matter what the naysayers saying, it was God, that pillar of fire, identifying with this message. So he says, now, from the loins upward, so in other words, Jesus was that light. He was that light, so everything that was before him and everything that was after him. Now, just, just, just follow this through. Brother Branham goes on and he says, Many colors like a rainbow is in the sky after the rain. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. There you are. Now he's talking about the pillar of fire. Not me. I was just standing there, but it was his picture that was taken. I want you to look at what Ezekiel saw. The same colors, the same way. They acted the same way. What is it? He said, the living creatures represents the living church. The church that's living by the power and the resurrection of Christ. Listen, something keeps holding me. It is not me. It is not my religion. It is the fire of God that burns within me. Those same amber colors has covered from the loins upward and from the loins downward. 
Those seven spirits are the seven fruits of the Spirit that would reflect back in His people. Now, I'm giving you a really big overview today, but I'm doing this so that we just have that and you can go back and if you have a chance, you want to get into some of these things and I'll pick up parts of this in the future. But the only reason they were because he was bruised, he was shaped. It was the light of God shining through one man's body. If I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men to me. Watch those rainbow of colors as they reflect. But when John saw them over here, what was it? Now he's talking about Revelations 4. He says, when John saw them over there, the day of redeeming was over. Up until that point, it was still moving. It was still doing things. But over there, that, the, the waters became glass. Listen, the, wor- the, the earth is rapidly coming where there'll be no more flesh saved. Why do you labor? Why, why are you praying for these meetings? Because there's some soul somewhere that needs to hear God. Why, why do you pray earnestly? Because there's still souls that are hanging in the balance. Friends, that, that light is reflecting through us. If we don't pray for them, who will pray for them? God's depending on you. He's depending on me. We have to be a part of this program. We're not bystanders. We are the light in this last day. Now, he was sitting, he was looking on as jasper and sardis stone. Amber colors mix the two, you get amber. So that's, that's the pillar of fire. Let's move forward. And before the throne was a sea of glass like unto crystal. In the midst of the throne, round about the throne, were the four beasts, full of eyes before and behind. I'm, I'm moving quickly, so I'm just slowing down. So the last part that I highlighted, the sea of glass is symbolized in the old temple. For Moses was commanded of God to build the temple on earth like it was in the heavens. Now, we're going to that. So, Moses saw this, but God is showing Moses where he's going to. But he says, Moses, you've got to take some steps back. And the steps you're going to take back before we ever get there. You know, I, I always go this way because I'm going, but I, that's the Hebrew way. Hebrew reads from that side, so... That, that's, that's God's original language. But, you know, when you read a book, you read this way. So, so before, I'll go this way. So God had to start here to end up there. How does that sound? Did I twist you all around now? Okay. That's north. That's south. That's east. That's west. Okay. So this is the temple. So in the tabernacle in the wilderness... Three tribes on this side, three tribes on this side, three tribes on this side, three on this side. The eagle was on the sides of the north. Okay? The way of the east was the way of the entrance into the tabernacle was here, through the east. That was the lion anointing. So now you go into this, and here, there's this, everybody around, but now you come in, and you come into this ark. There's a, there's, this is just like what Moses saw in heaven. Now he's seeing this. And you come in, there's an altar of incense. That's where the sacrifice is brought to the priest. That's where it's slain. And after it's slain, then the priest comes here to this place. So go further. There's the altar of incense. There's the priesthood around it. And now here is a laver. A laver filled with water. And as that laver is filled with water, so, so here it's right before the tabernacle. This is speaking about the approach to which we go into. 
Okay, just stay with me. So here is the altar of a burnt offering. Sorry, not the altar of incense, if I said that before. I'm going too fast. The altar of burnt offerings, then the brazen laver, then the candlestick. So this light that was there was shining back out and it would reflect on the laver. But it wasn't just that light that was going to sustain him because no man can save you. The priesthood that went into the second veil, but it was the light of the Shekinah that had to come back out through there, otherwise we were lost. So you go through. So Exodus 30, the Lord spake unto Moses, you shall make a laver of brass, his foot also of brass, to wash withal. You shall put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and you shall put water therein. Water, the effect of the Spirit moving was going to be felt by engaging with this water. So this was the laver. And it was, it was a laver, and it was speak of judgment. It was brass, and it was there. But it would be there for a reason and a purpose. Because here was the priest. The priest would have to wash in this water before he could go in. I'll come back to Ephesians chapter 5. That he might present it to himself a church that is without spot, that is without, without blemish. What? By the washing of the water by the word. Friends, you hear the word. It's not good enough to be washed back here. But you need to be washed further before you can enter in, before you can have boldness to pray to God. You've got to know these things. So the priests would wash in this water. Just, just we'll go on a little further. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water. For what purpose? That they don't die. That they die not. In other words, you can't go in just by your own. You could go in and have the right garments, you could do the right things, but if you didn't wash by water, you can't even minister to the Lord. Friends, I think it's very incumbent. Let me just turn this off for a minute. I think it's very incumbent. We, we made this statement just over the last few services. We're coming to a millennium. A millennium where the devil will be there but he will be bound by a chain of circumstances. He'll have nobody to work through. And I would say, this isn't just going to be a snap of a finger. I believe there's one group of people on the earth today that are rendering him powerless already. The Bible would say offenses must come. And you're going to have things that are going to disappoint you, things that are going to hurt you. And, and a part of perfect faith in Mark chapter 11, if you read it, whatsoever you shall say, you can have. Whatsoever you shall say to this mountain, be removed, and you believe it, you can have it. But the next verse says, and he says, be careful that you forgive. Friends, we can hold. The devil is there to bring grudges. He's there to bring disappointment. And our spirit can get defiled. It can get disappointed. Listen, I, I'm a minister. I'll disappoint you. As a father, I've probably disappointed my family. As a husband, I've disappointed my wife. But that isn't what is the real. I'm in this flesh. But we need to be able to forgive. 
We need to be able to render the effect that the devil is trying to put. Render it powerless. And say, God, I don't understand what you're doing. This situation's going sideways. But Lord, you're on the throne. And I place it in your hands. And I don't understand it. But you are true. Circumstances should not stop us from going to the house of the Lord. I was just reading about Brother Ron Spencer. Reading, hearing. Brother Ron was going to a meeting in North Carolina. He threw up a number of times on the way to church. And they said, Brother Ron, you can't minister tonight. He said, no, I'm going to minister. If the devil knows that that's all it takes to stop me from going, he'll do it again. But I'm showing him that's not going to stop me from moving forward. Friends, we haven't thrown up coming to church. And sometimes it takes us a lot less. And we fail to give God the glory and the honor that is due his name. I say this, be a Christian. Be a Christian whether you're in church, whether you're not in church. But I'll say this, do not allow somebody else, some circumstance to defile your spirit. Don't let it, friends. Worship God. Forgive. Well, that person's wrong. Forgive him anyhow. It will not come nigh thee, nor thy dwelling place. Sorry, that was a commercial info. It wasn't in my notes. Go back to this. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go into the tabernacle, they shall wash with water that they die not. Or when they come near to the altar to minister to burn offering made by fire to the Lord, so shall they wash their hands and their feet. Oh, what does the communion have to do with anything? So shall they wash their hands and their feet. This is a priest going to minister. What are you doing when you're washing the feet of your brother, your hands to their feet? It's showing your humility to go to their level. It's identifying you with the priesthood. Because it says here, so shall they wash their hands and their feet, that they die not. It shall be a statue forever, even to him and his seed throughout their generations. It didn't stop with the Jews. It didn't stop with the political priesthood. It carries on. That'll be another service. Okay. Now, the sea of glass, I want to just take this part. The sea of glass, the throne before the holy place, seven golden stand, candlesticks sits there. And he said, they come... And they sit here like this, and they come in a laver. See, that's the one that reflects the light from the holy place out to here. Now, they call this, Brother Ben refers to it as a sea of brass here. It wasn't that big. He's talking about the laver. It wasn't quite that big, but it was set more or less positionally in the temple. It was set about like this here, that the sea of brass. It was a laver made out of brass where they washed the sacrifices. Before the sacrifice was burnt or accepted, it had to be washed. And it says, before any sacrifice is received to God, it's got to be washed, not emotionally, but washed by the word. Next highlighted portion. And before we ever come to God with true faith, we've got to come by the waters of separation. There are so many things the devil uses to, de to defile us. And as a minister, listen, this is, this is me first. I'm not here to give you my opinion. I'm here to minister to, for God. In, and, and to do that, I have to die to myself. I have to die to myself daily. 
and say, Lord, I, you know, this, this irks me. This does. No, I say, Lord, I lay that down. Lord, this, this, is, this is where I, I want to minister. There, there's, there's thoughts I've got that I, I can't minister until God tells me to go minister. Because it's always with consideration that I'm before the purchase of the blood. So true faith, waters of separation. So this is the scene. Remember the scene in heaven. Then he says, Exodus 40. You shall set the altar of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. You'll set the laver between the tent, the congregation, the altar. You should put water therein. Then you'll take the anointing oil, anoint the tabernacle, all there is in. You shall hallow it, all the vessels, and it shall be holy. And then you're also to anoint all of these things, the laver, the foot, sanctify it. So everything, all of these vessels, all had to be sprinkled, had to be anointed. Hebrews 9, Brother Moses touched on this on Wednesday. For when Moses had spoken every precept to the people according to the law, Paul picking this up now, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and he sprinkled both the book and the people. So it isn't that this message is anointed. We need to be anointed to receive it. We need the teaching of the Spirit. Friends, I, there are things I have understood intellectually but not applied properly because I've used my own thinking. But as you sit, as the Holy Spirit broods, as it does these things, he gives you the correct way of administering it. God working with us. Friends, he's going to work with a, a group of people in the tribulation. They're going to give their lives. But don't despise his working now. Allow him to temper you. Allow him to take your spirit. If you're quick to fly off the handle, say, Lord, work with me. If you've got lust that come up, you know, God's going to, he says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Friends, allow God to work. I, I, I feel like I want to preach, but i got to get through this too. He's saying, and he sprinkled both the book and the people, saying, this is the blood of the testament. This is, this is the part I really wanted to labor on, which God has enjoined to you. Now, I, I want to just, 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 I just drop this in for a moment. God, Adam, had the mind of God. And Adam, as, as he spoke, whatever he spoke, that's the way it was, because he was an amateur God. But when he fell, he fell from that. And God had to begin by his spirit to work with his people again. The oldest book in the Bible was Job. Job didn't have scrolls, he didn't have anything, but he had a channel of, of contacting God and it was through the spirit realm and God could speak to him and he'd recognize it was God and he could speak through that. The prophets, the holy men of God, they spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So now God has to come and he has to allow the spirit that, that can fall on a man like Peter and at one moment recognize the Christ, the next moment calls him a devil, but that spirit, the Holy Spirit, once it descends, it's like it was on Jesus, it, it, it descended and it remains on you. If you're ever baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're sealed, you're enjoined unto him. But it doesn't mean you don't have anything to do anymore. Oh, I got it there, right, one and done. No, 
It means you need to give yourself to it. It is your ticket. But you got to give yourself to it. So God has to, before he ever, Adam who fell into darkness, he had to bring him back into light. And he had to fuse him together. And to fuse him so that when he got over to the other side, to that sea of glass, it wasn't no longer a separation. It was God who separated himself brought himself back together with his people again. So he says, he's enjoined this to you. Moreover, he sprinkled the blood with the tabernacle, all the vessels of the ministry. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of these things in the heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things with better sacrifices than these. Now this is all a type. I'm not gonna, I, I gotta just watch my time now. Back to Exodus 40. And now you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and wash them with water. And you shall put on Aaron the holy garments and anoint him and sanctify him that he may minister in the priest's office. And now he says, now Aaron was going to be anointed by who? Moses, the prophet. The priesthood is anointed by the prophet. And, and you'll put on him holy garments and sanctify him. Now, it didn't stop at the prophet, but he says, and you'll bring his sons and you'll also clothe them with coats. And you'll anoint them as thou didst anoint their father that they may minister unto me in the priest's office for their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood through their generations. So if, if you want to take a part of the word of God and say, well, it's all on Moses. No, you were wrong. It had to drop down to a priesthood. It had to drop down to others that were there. And I'd say that God still lives today. Now, so they had to come. Uh, this is, I'll give you a better picture. They had to come to this place. They had to be washed. Let me, let me just stop there for a minute. Just turn the lights on. I want you to think about this. You're Aaron's son. You've got to go and you've got to fulfill the office of priesthood. You're wearing your best clothes as you come up to this laver. You're wearing your best clothes and, and Aaron says, you can't wear that clothes. You've got to drop. But this is my favorite clothes. I've had this for years and years. No. You've got to wear garments that are provided to you. Not the garments that you think. And it, was, and it was for every one of them. He says, where is your garments? In the garbage. They do you no good. They're not going to do you. You've got to take the garments that God will clothe you with. You can't take your righteousness. Lord, the only thing I can be clothed with is your word. The garments of your word in order to minister properly. Not my thinking, not what I feel is right. Listen, we all come to church. We all put on our best clothes. We like it. This is not what I'm talking about, but I'm saying the garments, what you're clothed with in your mind. Well, this is how church should be. This is how it should, this is how. No, I'll tell you what. All of this was so that God could have a uniformity of himself. He was now putting himself into the priesthood. He was now putting himself and he was clothing them. Just to, I'll drop it in, but you can go to Revelations 19. There's a group of people, the bride has made herself ready. And Brother Branham would make the statement and he'd say, 
We have the garments on earth now to clothe her. It was given unto her garments that are linen. I, ah, Lord willing, I'll come to this in another service. It was given to her. Now, there's another group in Revelations chapter 7 that went through the tribulation and their garments were washed. But the bride is given garments. That group in Revelations went through the tribulation. They came out in the end in a very similar way. But they had to go through a tribulation. Friends, why do we labor? Why do we take the time with the word? Why do we preach the way we do? Because this is a group of people called the bride that is on the earth today. We don't see ourselves in a tribulation. We are now being clothed again. I trust that you see that. I, I don't know about you, but I... I went to pick up a tie at a dress store the other day. It was a real adventure because I did it on my own. My wife wasn't with me. And I, a lady was there and she said, I can help you with that. I'm really good at picking ties. And I said, oh... He says, well, I just need a tie that will fit an upcoming wedding and, and such. And, and, and she says, well, I'm really good. I said, listen, let me take some pictures and send them to my wife. She's got a track record. My, my, my mother-in-law is also really good at it too. But, and, so, and, and, and I sent him, and I'm waiting. She's not replying. And, you know, and da, 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 da. But it was an adventure. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching, and they're showing these pictures of weddings and this couple. And it's just being flashed over the screen. And all of a sudden, there's a picture with two guys holding hands coming down. And I just felt like, Lord, take me out of this world. I have no part in this world. It so smote me. I just wanted to walk out. Go to a bank that I bank with and rainbow colors. They don't know what the real rainbow is. That's a mockery. Friends, this message, I, I, don't, I don't want to be here when the tribulation's here. I, I don't want to have time to get into Revelations 12 today. But you, you watch, the devil has come down having great wrath that actually is applied to the tribulation. There's been spirits that are loose to the Euphrates that are against us like never before. And the prophet would say this, he would say, when the bride goes up, the devil comes down. Right now, he's still accusing. He's still accusing. But when the bride goes up, when God so incarnates himself in her, she goes up, and that devil comes down, and he also incarnates himself. I would not want to be here for a tribulation period. Brother Branham screams out. He says, let hot wires be drilled through my stomach, but don't let me go to a tribulation period. Right now, the Spirit of God is still holding back. And it's, and it's all in one people. And I say, I, I would rather be where I am right now with all hell against me but having God for me. Because at that time, the wrath of God will come down. It'll be the devil, and the devil, he's going to turn on all those that he's used. And God's wrath is going to be on too. Friends, this is still, we're in a critical time. We're in that time period between 
the ending of a seventh church age and, and the judgments of God. I, I don't, I don't want to bring it to a, a wrong place, but let me just go on. Let, I got, got a little bit more to go and we'll be done this morning. Are you, are you with me this morning? I just want to bring this through a little bit further and then we're going to pick it up future services likely after our meetings. But Now, these priests, they came in. They had to come in. I'm not going to take time with this completely. They had to be dressed a certain way, a bell and a pomegranate, one and a pomegranate, one to another, and then he walked. They had to walk a certain way. And, 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 and I, I believe we're being taught how to handle the message. Years ago, we would, it'd be hard, it would be divisive, but I think we've been laying in the presence of the Son. We know who we are. We know who we have believed we recognize there's a Jewish people. Luther never recognized the Jewish people as being a part of the program of God. He thought they were the Antichrist. We recognize there's a foolish virgin. We recognize that there's leaders that, that, that just like, like, like in days of old, there had to be a political uh, group that was going to crucify the word. Some of those are being raised up right now. There had to be all of these things coming into place. Did you ever think about the scripture, Brother Adam would say, there, where? Jerusalem. They, the most holy people, crucified the worst death, him, the most precious person. Did you ever think about the steps that had to be together for all those four things to come together? Think about what's happening right now. Think about the politics. Think about the things that are happening. That same Jesus is here, and they're crucifying him afresh. I don't want to be a part of that. Anointed with certain perfumes, the clothes had to be made by a Holy Ghost-filled hand. I really got to come back to the priesthood in another service. Registered hands making his clothes. The rose of Sharon, the anointing oil, poured upon his head, all run down his beard and over. He was placing the royal perfume, taking the blood of an innocent lamb. So what was, everything was not of his confidence, but it was what God provided. He had to be dressed, walk a certain way. I'm going to skip this. Just go ahead. I want to go, just, just, just fast forward up to Revelations 21. And there's actually, Revelations 22 is another part. I saw no temple in the city, for the temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb, and its lamp is the Lamb. So the light is of God. Brother Branham would talk about it. He says, that city, Revelations 21, having the glory of God, jasper as clear as crystal, her, feminine, her, Light. Her light. <laughs> oh, you go to, go to Revelation 21. It talks about the tree of life. And it talks about the tree of life standing in the midst of the river and on either side of the river. And it says, and her fruit, feminine in designation, join together again. Oh, friends, if we could see the hour we're living in. It is tremendous. It's not us. It's him. She is him. Oh, it's wonderful. And he says, the glory of God is Jesus Christ. The glory of Jesus Christ is his church. He was the first. Let me go to the next scripture. 
The holiest of holies was God's sanctuary in heaven, on earth. After it was type the one in heaven. And then he's talking about these lightnings, these seven lamps of fire. I'm moving on. Reflecting the light of God into the church right from the throne of God. Them seven stars standing reflecting that light, that Shekinah light, that Shekinah glory. Now he's not just talking about the tabernacle back end, but it's in the New Testament. Seven messengers reflecting that light. These candlesticks reflecting his light. Here's that sea of glass. Now that was God's pattern uh, in heaven and pattern on earth. That Shekinah glory. Now it settles on another tabernacle. The Father judges no man, but he's committed all judgment to the Son. God's judgment seat. Friends, you know that right now, the, the things that we are being taught, the lessons, they're going to be used again. Because at the white throne judgment, it won't be God sitting on the throne by himself, but it'll be a bride sitting behind him. It'll be a bride sitting behind him. Everybody's going to be gathered together that time again. You're going to be in one of two places. You're either going to be up behind him or you're either going to be before him. We're all going to meet him one time again. I want to meet him now so I can be with him. To her was granted that she should sit in the throne. Oh, it was granted. Grant that my sons would sit with you. Jesus said, that's not mine to give. But in the ages to come, there'll be a group of people that it will be granted. And here will be Brother Branham on the throne. Brother Branham on the throne. And here's a woman that comes up. She was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And she was a woman. I was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And Jesus reads her record. You are part of the Ku Klux Klan. You are judged for what you did. Does anybody have anything to say? And Brother Branham will step up. I got something to say. I was sick. I was shot. Her name is Mrs. Reader. She paid for my hospital bill. I should have died. And God said, you helped my prophet. Yes, I helped your prophet. And he says, come into eternal life. You answered. You reflected something. The nature of a priesthood is to have mercy, to feel, to enter in. Brother Man would talk about a pastor. A pastor isn't there to take sides. A pastor stands in the middle. He's not willing, but he wants to bring everybody together. He wants to do all he can. Now he says this judgment gets worse and worse, more severe all the time. God's patience wearing out, just like it was in the day of Noah. My spirit will not always strive with man. First he was in heaven shining through the stars. Second he was on earth shining through the Shekinah glory. He come still wearing his patience. He redeemed man, but there's a shaking time People don't realize, they can't comprehend what it means. The first throne was in heaven, the judgment seat. The second throne was in Christ. The third throne is in man. I'm going to finish with one more scripture. Revelations chapter 15. You can read the whole thing. Now, it talks about a sea of glass again. There is the ages... The there's the ages, there's the seals, there's the trumpets, and then there's the vials. The, the ages are to the church, the seals are to the bride. 
The trumpets are to the Jews. The vials are the judgments. The judgments of God are even in the earth today. But the bride is standing in the midst of them. So now John sees something further. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass, but now it's mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name standing on the sea of glass. So now, this scene is a different sea. It's sea of glass mingled with fire, mingled with the judgments of God. There'll be a group of people that will go through a tribulation. There'll be a people that will come out on the other side. But I don't want to be identified with, with that part of it. I want to be identified with the first part of it. He says this, the sea of glass likened to crystal. A sea of glass is symboled by the brass sea. Brother Branham goes further. Where have we come? We've got to come, this Gentile church, to this word, to this sea of glass. Water of the word. Recognize the word the way it's written. The sacrifices received and filled with the Holy Ghost from the age, shining through the light of the age. And John, when he saw that sea, it was as clear as crystal. What was it? The word had been taken from the earth, raptured in the church. It was as clear as crystal. No more blood. The church age was over. And then Brother Branham talks to Revelation 15, the remnant of the woman's seed, the tribulation saints that went through the tribulation. Look, they're standing on this sea, but it was filled with fire, with blood, with red blazes licking the fire, of, licking forth. They had gotten the victory over the beast Rome, over his number, over his image. And they had come out, and through the preaching of Moses and Elijah, these two prophets were to appear in Israel to pull back that group of people, those tribulation periods saints. But he said, the church is done raptured now. Remember the wife is on the throne. They were washed by the same waters you were washed with. Hearing the word, the faith and power of Jesus Christ. It's the whole revelation from uh, the whole revelation from the beginning. It's the faith and power of Jesus. You can turn that off now, Brother Mark, and turn the lights on. I, I, I brought this through, and I pardon me if it was quick. I just felt like I needed to give the picture. But there was a water that was moving. We're in the middle of the moving of those waters. There's an effect that it's still having. But it's going to come to a point where that's not going to be there anymore. And it's going to enter a tribulation where it's going to be fire and judgment. Yes, the goodness of God will still bring somebody out. But what is your portion right now? What is our portion right now? Friends, the world is moving rapidly to a tribulation period. When the bride is lifted off the earth, then, then there is no more to stop the devil anymore. There's no more at that point. It's three and a half years. And in three and a half years, musicians, you can come. It's three and a half years. And, and, and if you can think about it, there's two places. There's one place down here on earth. I would not want to be here. If it's this bad now, how bad is it going to be then? But there'll be another dimension where you'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And the Lamb will come out and he'll wipe away the tears. And while all this is going down here, we'll see one another. 
I can't imagine three and a half years. I mean, I, I, and, the, and the glory, just to see, friends, the love that we have, that God gives us, even now, it'll be magnified so much more to be in the presence of God, to be, why would you turn this down now? Why do we labor, Brother Ed? Why do we preach? Why do we pray? Why do we listen? Why? This world is so corrupt. But I say I want to hear what the Spirit is saying. I want to recognize the moving of the Spirit today. Friends, something has changed. At the river Euphrates, under there was 200,000 demons that were loose. I'm, this is a, just a preamble. But they were loosed, and in the natural, they persecuted the Jews. And they didn't respect women, children. Those spirits were so evil. And those spirits in the natural resulted in the Holocaust. But in the spiritual, they're against us right now. They would like to get on us. They would like to cause us to have feelings against each other. They would like to cause us to succumb to the lust of the world. They'd like to cause us to do these things. They're religious spirits. They're against the bride. But I believe we have one who stands, the same one who walked in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, in the hour of judgment, walks with the people. We don't, we, the, John, the language John used, and I turned to see the voice. Not to hear the voice. I turned to see the voice. I want to see Christ. I don't want to see the world. I don't want to see where it's going. Listen, I think, brother, I heard it in a message. I think Brother Don, he said, you ever hear me take a series on hell? Why would I preach a series on hell to the bride? He says, I could, I'd rather preach a series on the future home. Because <laughs> that's where we're going. Oh, our hope is in the Lord. There's a bride that's being washed. The, the, the Spirit's still moving. It's still washing. It's still cleansing. Are you one of them? I'm one of them. Let's stand together. Well, let's sing, Are You Washed by the Water of the Word? Let's sing now. Are you washed by the water? Washed by the water of the word. Oh, are you washed by the water? Washed by the water of the word. Do you know what it is not to have one guilty?
further part of Revelations 15. But this group that that won the victory over the mark of the beast and over the image, here they're finally standing on the sea of glass. And it says, And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy works. Now, I, I want you just to think about this for a minute. In the first Exodus, God took a people out, plagued a nation, had a final plague, a token was needed to go through it. And now he's leading them out, and the devil pursues them. And he leads them through the waters. And Moses speaks, and he says, This day, the Egyptians you'll see no more. He didn't speak from a man part, because the next part, the man part said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You already spoke it. Speak. <laughs> oh, there's something in me. I, I, I don't know about you, but they're going to cast the devil into a lake of fire. I'm going to say, wait, what's going on today? Oh, the devil's being cast. I want to see this. I've had enough of that guy. Friends, he caused me much injury, much grief. But it's going to all go back on him. In fact, there's a blood, there's a Clorox, there's a bleach that takes your sin that he placed on you and it sends it right back on him. But they're going to have the victory. They're going to sing a song. And you know what? When the floodwaters came back on the Egyptian army, hey, Miriam picked up a tambourine. We used to have a tambourine up here. But I'll tell you what, she picked up and she started to dance. And I don't know what that song was, but they sang that song. And God thought that was so marvelous, he reserved it right again to the end of the age. You know, there's another group of people that sang a new song before that ever happened. Revelations chapter 5. And they sang a new song because worthy is the Lamb to take the book. Why? Our judgment has passed. We have passed from death unto life. You can know it. You don't have to guess it. Are you tormented? Yeah, there's a devil that's always there. But I know that I know that I know I am redeemed. I feel we need to Sing it in his face. Why? He put something on you and you wake up singing. This doesn't work. How come I can't affect these people? Because this is the people that's going to be here in the tribulation. And they're going to torment you because you're going to try to work through them. And you can't work through them already. Oh, Brother Bram said a man can live so close to God that he can wake up in the morning and the devil doesn't know what to do with him. Why? We're so focused on what God said. Amen. Oh, redeemed, how I love to proclaim. I think we need to sing that this morning. Oh, this judgment's falling. Where hearts are bleeding, we're crying, and we're going we're gonna to stand in the breach. But we also have a song to sing. <laughs> Why? I've read the end of the book. I know my place in the Word. God has ordained me. He has made me a king and a priest. Oh, let's sing this redeemed how I love to proclaim. Redeemed how I love to proclaim. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite. 
so 